What's up, everybody? Welcome back to like every day is Sunday. We're going to start off this week with a hot take. So my hot take is that I don't like Halloween. I think Halloween is just like such an uncomfy holiday. I've never liked it. I got petrified of it as a child because I used to have this reoccurring wolfman dream, which might make somebody laugh, but it was horrific. I always had this one dream about this wolfman chasing me. And then one Halloween, I had to cross somebody dressed as the wolfman. That was very realistic. It scared the crap out of me. And it just set the foundation for what the ho- the holiday was. And I didn't like it. Not only that, my piece was so important to me as a child, like literally since I can remember. And Halloween is chaotic. Like Halloween is not a joyful holiday it's not a peaceful holiday everything associated with it with it is like associated with chaos and gonna sound like a crazy christian in the first minute of this podcast but that's not from the lord those feelings are not feelings that god gives you and it's just a weird vibe to me i'm honestly like not one of those people who refuses to celebrate pagan holidays blah 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 whatever like I celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Easter. The Lord hasn't convicted me of that. Um, so everyone has their own thoughts on different holidays, but I'm talking about I'm talking about Halloween right now. I think it's a weird vibe. So I say this all to tell you guys that if you don't like Halloween, you're not alone. It has never felt right in my spirit. If it doesn't feel right in your spirit, so be it. Um, it doesn't mean I'm like this anti-Halloween person. Like I don't go around angry because people celebrate Halloween. It's just something that I don't really love. The other day I was literally in spirit Halloween getting cat ears for a costume because I had a costume party that I was going to and I didn't want to not wear a costume. So I'm on my way going to spirit Halloween and this poor little girl is like hysterical crying and her parents are laughing at her and her like hands were literally shielding her eyes and I just wanted to hug her because she like didn't even want to look up she was so scared being in the store and her parents are just cracking up and I'm like you probably made this poor little baby precious girl walk in through the doors and there's all these scary masks when you first walk in like she didn't like it it's not funny don't bring her in like go and get the costume on your own if you want I don't know I just I guess part of me saw that like myself as a little girl and her and I just wanted to give her a big old hug so I don't like Halloween that little girl may end up not liking Halloween if you don't like Halloween you can join in on my little hot take but either way this whole episode is actually going to be a little bit controversial so let's jump right in all right guys so setting the tone first things first before I even get into this I just want to say, like, I am not going to be knocking anyone's religion at all. The purpose of this episode is for me to share my experience and what I have learned. And I don't care what people believe in. I only care about what I believe in. And the only thing I can affect is what I believe in. I always just share my journey along the way in hopes that I can change somebody else's life the way that mine has been changed through Jesus Christ. So I was baptized at a few months old as many Roman Catholic people are. I went to a Catholic preschool. I've spoken about this before, a a Catholic kindergarten, a Catholic 
beginning of first grade before I moved to Jersey. Um, the only reason I probably stopped going to Catholic school was because in Jersey, you don't have to pay a million dollars to go to Catholic school to get a good education. The private, the public schools are great as well. So I started my journey with knowing who God is at a crucial age. I was obviously very young. And I think that when you're young, it's a great time to normalize who God is, to be introduced to who God is, because as a young person, like little kids have so many emotions and learning who God is and who you can give your feelings to at such a young age is so, so beneficial, so helpful. And it just starts your life off on the right foot. Now, I just want to make note that I know a lot of people feel like you shouldn't put religion on a child and that they should be able to make the decision at when they're of age of what they want to believe in. But I personally wasn't raised that way. I grew up with faith. I think it's very, very important because if you don't have faith in something, it is very difficult to just grow in life and go through all these crazy things that happen that are thrown at us. So I believe faith is very, very important. Um, I believe that specifically having faith in Jesus Christ is even more important, but I do recognize that not a lot of people feel that way. Um, My grandma, my grandpa, my mom specifically had always helped me pray at night. They brought me to church on Sundays. They spoke of how special I was to God, but I didn't actively see what a real love relationship looked like outside of a few prayers outside of school, outside of church. Like I didn't know what it really, really looked like because nobody in my life had as deep of a relationship with the Lord that I have with God now. So like what I have with God now wasn't something that I could look up to as a little girl. I didn't actively look for it, but I will say that I did... Like, I was young. I I just loved God. I loved him because he showed up for me when I was weary. I loved God because he was my comfort. I loved God because when I said my prayers at night, I always just had this overwhelming sense of I wasn't alone, even when I was at my loneliness. Um, But I didn't actively look for someone to be what I am now. I, I didn't even know it existed. I did long going to church. I'll say that. I always really wanted to go to church. I loved when you go to Catholic school, you usually go to a Friday mass before you start school. I loved going to mass on Fridays and I loved going to church on Sundays as well. So I had that like yearning for it and I always wanted to feel God's presence. But there were so many things that as I got older, didn't sit right with me. So I think I've shared this before, but when my grandpa passed away, my mom stopped going to church and my I lived far from my grandma. So I didn't have the opportunity to go to church for a while because I didn't have anybody to take me. So whenever we would go to church for big holidays, I just like loved being there, but I still felt like something was missing. Like it wasn't enough for me. Let's talk about a few things I loved. So I loved the homily. I loved when the choir sang. Like, oh my God, I'll never forget 
if you're a Roman Catholic listening to this, like we all know the song, like Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to sing it because I have a really bad voice, but that song used to just send me to tears. Like I would cry to that song because I just felt the Holy Spirit in it. I loved when the choir sang. It was my favorite. I love the feeling of showing God I was devoted to him. And I love to show God thanks. So those were like the four things that I loved about church. I loved the homily, the choir, the feeling of showing God I was devoted to him, and then the feeling of showing him thanks. What I didn't love, and this is where it probably gets a little dicey, but I didn't love the way I couldn't understand the gospel. Like the priests would read the gospel and give a homily, but I couldn't understand like what is... What are these stories in the Bible saying? I didn't understand it, and it wasn't like clearly expressed what the Bible was saying in certain stories that were read. I didn't love the way communion worked. I thought it was like just weird that on Sundays we would go make communion and like go up and have to sit back and pray by yourself. Like I I used to kind of get lost in my prayer at that point and the Eucharist would like stick to my mouth and I'm just like sitting there trying to pray, but my mouth is so dry. I I didn't like it. (laughs) And I didn't like the concept of reconciliation and penance, especially making your sacraments. Like I... Again, I wasn't always going to church, but I was in CCD, and CCD is kind of something in its own. If you don't have a good CCD teacher, it's really, really difficult because it's not like a Bible study. It's just like you're going through this workbook, and it's not—it's kind of talking about who certain people are. I don't know. It was—CCD, I feel like, comes and goes out of children's minds. It's not as thorough as a Bible study is. So— um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the concept of reconciliation and penance, and I didn't like the idea of the sacraments. I thought that the whole point of what I was just saying is I thought that it was so weird that we could barely go to church. I could go to CCD and be given the right to make a sacrament, which ultimately is supposed to bring me closer to God, but... Like, nobody really knew if I was close to God. Like, I'm just showing up to CCD to be able to make my sacraments to then be able to be accepted by the Lord. Like, that's kind of the picture that I was painted. And again, like, maybe I'm just speaking to my own church. I'm not saying this is how it is in all Roman Catholic churches. I've been to, I'll even specifically speak to my cousin's wedding. The priest that married her was so incredible. And he did such a good job at sharing with the congregation who God was. But in the three Roman Catholic churches I had been in previously, I never experienced that. And the way that the church operated, the way that the religion goes, like I just felt a detachment. And aside from detachment... This was number one in my realization that something wasn't right to me with my religion. It was that as a practicing Catholic, I thought if I did something wrong, that I had to go before a priest. I thought 
I had to go to him because he was the one who was worthy to speak to God and to know God and to come before God. And the priest held the power and the church held the power. And the thing is, is that that's not true. Like you don't need anybody in the middle. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God reveals himself only to pastors, only to priests. What I love so much about being called to Christianity is that in Christianity, the church is more than a religion. It's a relationship with God. It's a relationship with the Lord. It's hearing the Holy Spirit on your own and bringing the things that you don't want to talk to anyone about to God himself because he wants to have a relationship with you. Like you can literally go before God yourself. In fact, God wants you to have a relationship directly with him. No one, no one, no one, no one is in the middle. And what I will tell you is that in this season of my life, I'm realizing that is God is a revealing God. God reveals himself to you. God reveals his purposes to you. God reveals his ways to you. So like, let's talk about that. Listen to this, okay? God reveals himself to increase your faith. Like I'm saying he wants to show us who he is so that our faith and our trust in him grows. Like, how lucky is that? Like, how beautiful is that? I don't know about you, but nobody ever told me that growing up. Nobody ever said to me, God will reveal himself to you so that you will increase your faith in him. Like, we will eventually act out on faith and on that trust when he reveals himself to us. And we will speak glory on his name. And that's like the biggest thing to me. And that's why I speak so proudly about God is because he's done all this work in my life. And I want to give him the glory because I want other people to lean into him so that they can have the same outcome, this victorious outcome that I had through the darkest, most shallow times. Not even shallow, like they felt shallow, but they were deep. And it's like God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you, but first he wants you to know who is blessing you. So he reveals himself to actually increase your faith and then bless you. And it gets better. It gets better. God will reveal his purposes. Not only will he reveal himself and who he is, but he will reveal his purposes to show you his plan and what he's going to do. Like, would you believe me? And I, I wouldn't believe me or I wouldn't believe somebody else. So it's like, would you believe someone, not just me? Would you believe someone if they said what you do for God isn't what is the most important to him? We have such a selfless God and he wants to do things through us. Like he just wants us to join in on his plans for us and he wants to reveal his purpose so that you will join him. And I'm not just saying this as like a textbook quote. It's like the truth. When God reveals a purpose to you, 
it doesn't always come in its full capacity. Like we often are praying to God, like, tell me what to do next. Tell me what to do next. But then when God speaks and it's not in full detail, like he might tell you move. I don't know. I'm just being like really vague here, like move to California. And then you have this push to move to California and you recognize it's from the Lord, but you don't know how you're going to, how you're going to get there, where you're going to live or what you're going to do there. Like God might send you somewhere and not tell you what you're going to do there. Or he might tell you what you're going to do, but not where you're going to do it. So he might reveal part of the plan, but not the entire plan. But he wants to show you his purpose and what he is going to do. So what does this mean? This means that before all of this happens, you cannot simply ride the wave and you cannot go through the motions. And I actually feel like sometimes when I'm speaking, I always say you, 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 but I really mean we, 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 and me, me, me. Like me personally, I can't just ride the wave and I can't just go through the motions. If I want to please God 1000%, I must have faith. So before God reveals himself and reveals his purposes, I need to have full faith in him. I need to first believe and then seek. And that is so good to me because I just like had this oh, my like own spiritual moment where I just heard the Lord say, if you believe without seeking, it's no good because you believe in God, but you don't seek him in your plans. So you're not living a life led by him. And if you seek God without believing in him, you're just seeking him. Like you don't really believe in what he can do. And therefore it's impossible to move in faith. And all incredible stories start with someone believing in the Lord and including him in their plans. And people truly do jump out on a limb of faith. So back to that point about if you don't fully have faith in the Lord, it's a true struggle when God wants you to be obedient, but you're only hearing like half of what he has for you and he hasn't fully revealed it. It's really difficult if you don't believe in him to trust him if he's not revealing every detail right away. So I think that's why it's so important that you believe and seek. You don't just seek and you don't just believe, but you believe him and you seek him. And what's helped me so, so much is really allowing God to show me that he is sovereign. And this is a whole nother message, but like I am, another thing I'm learning in life right now is what does that mean? And I love making notes in my journal that prove in my life when God is being sovereign. Like things that he does for me that show he is sovereign. There's like friendly reminders when I need it. So like, what does it even mean? I guess let me jump into that. What does it even mean when the Bible says God is sovereign? It first of all means that he has supreme authority. And second of all means he has absolute power. 
it means many other things, but I think those two statements sum it up in a nutshell. And like, as I was doing my Bible study, those two things jumped out to me the most. Like he has the authority. He has absolute power. There is no room in the words supreme authority and absolute power for anything else to dictate your life. So when you believe that God is sovereign, it makes it so much easier to seek him. And it's so crazy because in new age traditions and practices, people mock this fact. Like they mock other people who so strongly believe in the Lord and his plan. But let's just take a look at this real quick. Through various parts in the Bible, various verses, various stories, various um, books in the Bible, God is proven to be sovereign over nature. He's proven to be sovereign over demons, over sickness, over death, over random things, our daily lives, our plans, the smallest things, the biggest things, all things. Like God is sovereign. He is a supreme authority. He is the absolute power. People mock this, but it shows to be true and it shows to be the hope of most people because you have to think about it when people are desperate, when people are desperate and they're sitting in a doctor's office waiting for a bill of health, they are what? Praying. When people are desperate after a hurricane and a wildfire, they are what? They are praying. When people are desperate, just doing something as silly as running late to work, you might hear a quick little note of, oh Lord, please help me get there on time. Like God, please help me get there on time. Like that's what we resort to. Those are the seeds of faith that are planted within us. Like people might not actually practice what they pray and they might not fully believe it, but when they're in desperate times, they're like so hopelessly in desperation going to God. And the thing is, is that when we have no control over a situation and are left in despair, we go to God last with all other efforts exalted with or exhausted or whatever, however you want to say it. Like that's when we go to God. God is sovereign over nature, which is why we go to him in these huge hurricanes. He's sovereign over demons. He's sovereign, which by the way are real. People don't really believe that demons are real. Like demons are real. And if you don't believe it, just look at some of the most popular celebrities and what's wrong with them. And like what things about them are unsettling, what people around you are facing that just seems so powerful over their lives. Like if you have someone facing strong addiction in your family, such confusion, all these things like Spiritual warfare is real and demons are real and the enemy is real and you cannot believe in the Lord without believing there is not another darkness on the other side as well. So demons are real, yes, but God is sovereign over demons. God is sovereign over sickness. So again, when you're waiting for that bill of health, you're praying, you're asking people for their prayers. But why are we waiting for all other things to be exhausted Why are we not just going to God first? Something I want to talk about is um, Psalm 33. It's verse 10 through 11. And it says, The Lord frustrates the counsel of the nations. He thwarts the plans of peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. And I have my dog on my lap, so I'm really sorry if there's a lot of feedback in this episode, but she really doesn't want to be left. 
Um, Let's go back to this. So the Lord frustrates the counsel of the nations. He thwarts the plans of the peoples. Thwarts. What does thwarts mean? Thwarts means prevents from accomplishing. So the Lord frustrates the counsel of the nations. He prevents them from accomplishing the plans of people. Synonyms for thwarts thwarts are baffle, balk, frustrate. So he frustrates the plans of people. So of course, because the Bible can be difficult to understand, when I was doing my study, I led to the Message Bible. I turned to the Message Bible, I should say, and it reads, He shoots down the world's power schemes. His plan for the world stands up. All his designs are made to last. I mean, that right there is proof in itself that God is sovereign. He has the authority, supreme authority, absolute power over the world. And so long as you are accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you can find comfort in the fact that he is in full control of all of your plans as long as you're including him in them. So this gave me the absolute faith that I needed in understanding that I must first believe and then seek and that it is just no good for me to believe without seeking and seek without believing. That doesn't mean I won't go through seasons of my faith being stretched. I'm currently in a faith stretching season, but I keep reminding myself who is sovereign and who has the authority in my life. And when I feel like everything is tumbling down and I ask myself like, Lord, why? I go back to that journal that I mentioned where I write down all of the things that he has proved to have power over in my life and just really how much better all of those things are because I believe that he has the power over my life. So let's wrap up on that note, guys. I hope that everyone has a great week. I encourage you again, if you're not feeling settled where you are, if you're finding yourself yearning for more, there's plenty of options out there. And if you turn to God and you ask him to lead you to where you should be, if you're feeling that where you are is not where you belong, then he will provide and he will call you. He will reveal himself to you. He will reveal his plans to you. And I could say it over and over again, but he is sovereign and there is no religion that can hinder your relationship with the Lord that's that i will talk to you guys next week if you've got anything you want to talk about shoot me a dm shoot me a message and i will certainly be happy to cover that in week coming topics all right talk to you guys next week